Hey everybody, real quick, this episode deals with mental health and suicide, and so we just wanted to let you know if you're listening with your kids in the car, maybe uh, wait a little bit to listen to this one. Now to the show. I know that there are other groups of people that will come together, and that's wonderful, but we need Jesus with skin on. And in my crisis, thank God, I had people that were Jesus with skin on for me. Welcome to Creating Community, a podcast designed to bring area leaders, business owners, and others together to better our community. I'm your co-host, Jake Starkey. And I'm your other co-host, Dorian Strickland. We normally record this podcast at 1820 Coffee House. However, today we're recording this episode at the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce. Thank you to the Chamber for letting us come in and record. If you're a first-time listener, we encourage you to subscribe to hear more. You can use Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. If you don't have a podcast app you use, you can listen directly from our website at 1820coffeehouse.com slash podcast. In this episode of Creating Community, we're speaking with Tammy Laird. Tammy owns Nightlights by Tammy and Alora Laird Art. We're excited to have her on the show. Tammy, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate y'all having me on today. Yeah, we're happy to have you here for sure. Well, let's start a little bit by you telling people about you. Okay. Well, um, I am a mother of three daughters and uh I have two grandsons. One grandson is 18 years old, and the other one is two years old. (laughs) So quite the spread. That is definitely spread out. Yes. Um, But um, lots to my story beforehand, but uh, it pretty much starts in 2006 whenever my uh, husband died. And he was a um, Vietnam veteran and uh, had been exposed to Agent Orange. Mm. And um, he developed um, lung cancer, but we didn't know that he had cancer until seven weeks before he died. And so it wasn't, you know, something that we could really prepare for except in a very short amount of time. Just kind of happened. And, yes. And um, my middle daughter, Elora, at the time was 12 years old. And my youngest daughter was 10 years old. So, um, you know, it was hard for us. Um, I'm a born-again Christian. I truly, truly believe that God was going to heal my husband. And I have to confess, it put me in a crisis of belief. Yeah. And um, because I, uh, uh, my older daughter was 13 years old when my husband and I uh, met and married. And so I knew what being a single mother was all about. But more than that, I knew what having a daughter without a father was like. And it was very hard for her. And so here I was with two daughters now that are not going to have a father. And uh, we kind of fell off of a cliff. And um, I uh, really had a hard time for a couple of years. And there were a lot of things that happened. My father got real sick during that time also. And But the one who took it the hardest was my daughter, Elora. Um, her daddy was her best friend. And she really took a nosedive. Um, she suffered with some issues, ADD, ADHD, um, right. emotional disorder. She suffered with some of those issues. But um, 
she really took a nosedive after my husband died in 2006. And then um, we we got through that. Um, can, but, can I ask you? Sure. So you said you had a, a, a crisis, you know, right, a uh, belief crisis. Mm-hmm. So what helped you get through that? Because you said you were born a born-again Christian. Mm-hmm. What is it that was ultimately what got you through that? Well, um, my church was offering a Bible study by Beth Moore called Psalms of Ascent. Okay. And the Lord very clearly spoke to me to go to that Bible study. And I did. I was obedient. And the Lord just, he pulled me out of that cliff um, through that Bible study and just washing my heart and my mind with the water of the word and using the women of that Bible study just to minister to me and my family. And uh, we were very involved in our church. Um, my husband and I had our own ministry um, we, we had a ministry called Whitestone Ministry, uh, ministry, and we taught a Bible study called Isaiah 61, and it was an inner healing Bible study. We did that for eight years, and um, we, we started out in the pro-life community, and my husband was an advocate. I mean, he'd walk the halls of, of, the, of the Capitol in Austin, and um, he was out on the streets, and, you know, it, it was, we got married in 1992. That was the year that the GOP convention came to town. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, he was right there in front of Planned Parenthood wow. with okay. thousands of other people. And, and uh, But anyway, that, that's, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but that's, that's what God did. I mean, he... he Clearly, you know, if we listen, even in the midst of all the noise in our mind, God will speak to us, and uh, we have to make the decision of whether we're going to follow his lead or not. And um, I chose to do it, and thank God I did, because um, he pulled me out of that and um, um, put me at Alvin Community College, actually. <laughs> and you were a professor there? No, 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 no. No, I um, I had not ever been to college, okay. and I had no marketable skills. I'd um, So I knew I needed to make myself marketable, because even though I was going to receive um, a survivor annuity from the VA and will the rest of my life, um, and Social Security, I knew it wasn't going to last. So, sure. you know, I had to do something that was going to make myself marketable, so I went to college. And um, I got a certificate in uh, computer networking, and I hated it. <laughs> and <laughs> that, that sometimes happens. I, uh, yeah. I, I, I told my instructor, I said, I want to be the person that answers the phone, and then you guys go out there in the field and do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice. So <laughs> I uh, switched over to office administration, and um, I got my, um, my associate's degree and certificates in office administration. And took a student worker position in the Enrollment Services Center at Alvin Community College, and I was there for 10 years. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Well, and then also let's take even a step back, too. And I know you because we volunteered together at church. Right. And so, and that was after your husband had passed. Yes. I think, well, this question will come up again, but a lot of people have something bad happen in their life, a tragedy, and they turn in on them themselves or they don't process it. But yet you used it as an opportunity to volunteer. I mean, you might've been volunteering before, but you continued to volunteer or, you know, mm-hmm. why? I, I mean, I don't know how else to put it, but what is it that 
you decided this is not just going to be. I can't just stop life. This is not a period. It's a comma. Right. Um, well, there was there were times that I, I really felt like it was a period. Um, you know, I, I had days after my husband died that literally I called my mother and, and asked her if she'd come over and be the mommy in my house because I couldn't. And, um, but as I said, my husband and I were very involved in our church and had our own ministry. And um, after God pulled me out of that cliff, I, I knew I, I couldn't stay at my church because I was Tim and Tammy Laird at my church. Everywhere that I went, everywhere that I looked and tried to be, I was Tim and Tammy Laird, and I wasn't Tim and Tammy Laird anymore. And so um, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I felt like I was too loved at my church. And, you know, I, every time I walked in the door, somebody was just embracing me and, how are you doing? And I'm like, I, I can't do this anymore. So I left and I went to our church where I met you. And um, I volunteered in the production booth. Well, the production area is about as hidden as you could possibly be. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they, t- they typically are. Yes. And uh, I had never worked in anything like that before. Um, you know, I. <laughs> We were pretty visible at our church, and um, I uh, I really liked it because I could volunteer, I could serve the Lord. Because I that's that's when you're when you love God, you want to serve Him. You know, we we serve Him in a myriad of ways, but one of the ways that we tithe is with our time. And um, so I uh, volunteered in the production booth. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but I'll tell you a story. Um, in our church, we had small groups, and um, I uh, there was a, a uh, an invitation for people to come and meet other people and try to determine what kind of small group that you were going to be in. And so it was like this mass meeting of people. There was a lot of people there, and then they they started dividing us up into groups, and. The groups were by uh, quadrants of the city, east, west, north, and south. And then it was like by subdivisions. And then it was like by marrieds or uh, singles or, you know. uh, And I I was totally lost because I didn't know who I was. I was Tim and Tammy Laird, but now I'm Tammy Laird. And where do I fit in? I, You know, I was, even though I was widowed, I certainly didn't feel single I mean, you know, right, sure, my, right. in my heart and mind, I'm still married. And um, <clears throat> so I, I um, went to a couple of groups, and it was very obvious they were very marrieds and children, and I'm like, oh, I don't fit in here. I ended up in the singles group. Well, it was big. Right. There were a lot of singles. And there was a one group of women who were kind of congregating together. And I went over to them, and... They were women that had just finished a divorce care group, oh. and they were kind of like me, except they were divorced. They weren't widowed, right? But my heart just just melted with theirs, and uh, we became a small group together, and we were together for several years. and And there's women out of that group that I'm still, you know, very good friends with, do life together, and I just love them dearly. And but that was a big stepping stone to 
um, getting a new identity, right. <laughs> I guess. Sure. <laughs> and um, and I I was I had been a Christian longer than most of these women, so it gave me an opportunity to to discipleship, and to be a mentor. And um, God just used that, but you know I couldn't let grief own me. Right. And in our inner healing ministry, Isaiah 61, I ministered to people who had been owned by grief and by trauma and by the circumstances that had happened to them. And I knew how long that could hurt. Yeah. You know, and I, um, so I knew these things. But here I was in this situation where God had taken my husband, and I was not happy. But God has a bigger plan. Um, you know, what the enemy seems to mean for evil, God will turn it to good. I was just listening to that song this morning. And so um, that was what led me to, <laughs> long story short. <laughs> okay, so. And that's how we met. And that's how we met. (laughs) That's right. That's how I got acquainted with Jake. Well, you mentioned that you knew what it was like to have lost somebody, to have that anger. How do you keep yourself from falling into that pit of despair, shall we say? Like, what keeps you going? What is it that... I think there is very clearly two things. And one of them, and just in the huge way is the body of Christ, people that love you, and especially in church. And, you know, my life has revolved around church. So I know that there are other groups of people that will come together, and that's wonderful. But we need Jesus with skin on. And in my crisis, thank God, I had people that were Jesus with skin on for me. And, um, you know, these are... I call them eternal friends because these are people in my life that are, some of them are even closer to me than my blood family, Wow! you know, because they're, they're eternal friends. And, um, and the other one is we have to choose that we're going to have our faith in God. You know, we, it's, God gives us a choice. He gave us a free will. Yeah. And, you know, um, if we're gonna if we're gonna trust him, we have to trust him in everything, the good and the bad, the happy and the tragic. And that's not always easy. I mean, it hasn't been easy for me. But uh, many years ago, um, there was a verse, and I, I can't remember where it was, where it is. It's in the Old Testament somewhere. But it the verse is um, that there are times whenever we. We build a well, and we build that well out of our tragedy and sorrow so that other people will come behind us and be able to drink out of that well. And I wish I could remember what the scripture is, but I, I, that's always resonated with me. Yeah. And um, so that's, that's kind of where I am now is God's, God's had me build a well yeah. again. I want to get into that, but first let's take a quick break. Thank our sponsors, and then we'll have more with Tammy Laird. 1820 Marketing is the producer of this podcast, and if you have marketing needs, we can help. In this digital age, marketing can be completed from anywhere. 
We are able to meet via video call if needed to discuss your marketing needs. 1820 Marketing will work with you to create a personal marketing plan that is right for you. If what you're doing isn't working, it's time to try something different. 1820 Marketing is just that, something different. Contact us through our website at 1820marketing.com. And now back to the show. So you briefly mentioned it, um, that your daughter, Laura, um, struggled with the loss of her father. Can you tell us a little bit about her story? Okay. Um, she, after her, after her dad died in 2006, um, and I kind of got my feet back on solid ground, and during this whole time, she's, she's really struggling. You know, she was walking that path of grief. Her path of grief was so much different than mine because, you know, I was coming at it from a mother and a widow. She's a preteen. She's 12 years old. Yeah. And um, I really didn't know how to cope with her because she, you know, she was really acting out. And, I mean, she dealt with issues that weren't, were not, that were not, that were atypical um, because she, she did have some emotional issues. And um, she always had a lot of fear. That's one of the reasons why she and her dad were so close, because he just, he would wrap her in his arms, and, you know, she was uh, she was afraid to go to bed. She just had all these fears. And um, I remember her as a baby just crying uncontrollably and, and not, you know, us not being able to console her. So, you know, I don't know where these emotional issues started, but I do know that there is history of emotional uh, issues, uh, mental illness in my family and in my husband's family. He was a recovered alcoholic. Um, He was on uh, medication until the day he died. His father was an alcoholic and had died of alcoholism, and his brother suffered from the same thing, was on medication. And so, you know, bless her heart, she... She had a lot of bad genetics behind her in terms of mental illness. And um, so I took her to a a psychiatrist in 2008, so that would have made her 13, going on 14. And that's when she was formally diagnosed with emotional disorder. And uh, the psychiatrist said, I'm not going to put a label of bipolar disorder on her. I don't want her to be labeled that way. I'm going to label her as emotional disorder and put her on medication. She hated the medication. And we, we went back and forth for years of her taking the medication, not taking the medication. It was just, it was a battle. I mean, we just, we battled all the time. She was very, very creative, artistic, very tactile. She, you know, she had to touch everything. There was a mulberry tree in the back of our house, and she would go and pick mulberries and literally smear them all over herself. <laughs> I mean, I have pictures of this. Sounds and, like fun. Uh, yeah. And, but she was very creative, and she wanted to create. I mean, she created stuff out of jewelry. She wanted to get into taxidermy and... Um, she begged for us to pay for her to go to taxidermy school. And, really? and we were like, mm, uh, <laughs> okay. Well, since we didn't, she pretty much did it by herself. Wow. She taught herself how, okay. I mean, I can't tell you how many critters were in my freezer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. And uh, she would, you know, once she learned how to drive, she got a car, and then she'd go out and forage. Roadkill, 
she'd go out and she wants she brought cow bones home one time and uh when she was in high school um she of course you know she gravitated toward art classes so sure. you know all of her classes were art classes and um she got went to a class on photography and she fell in love with photography really? that became her passion and her um her teacher um at manville high school became her mentor and uh, they became very very close but what elora could do with a photograph and make it into a piece of art was just really stunning and y'all have seen some of her work we have been it it is we have one hanging in the coffee house yes it'll be there forever oh thank you but um her hummingbird is what she she created but i mean she had many pieces of art which you can find on facebook um but she continued to struggle. When she turned 18, she refused to take the medicine anymore. And life was a roller coaster ride. She wanted to treat herself with nutrition. And she did just research after research after research on what she should eat and what, what supplements she should take, and, and which was great if it worked. Right. And, and that's what was hard, is that it didn't work. And she became obsessed with many, many things. Um, she tried to work. She would be overcome with anxiety, and that, that just didn't work. The last time she tried to have a job uh, was stocking a new, a new store, a new little retail store, and uh, she became so overcome with anxiety she called me to come and get her she couldn't even drive home and she would take off and she would drive to other places and other states and she would research things on the internet and she would hook up with these weird people on the internet and it was just um very bizarre but all during these times her her the only place that she found solace and joy was in her artwork and photography. She her sketches that she drew were just very strange, um, but they I think they really personified her emotions. And some of them were happy, like the hummingbird that she right. has, and some of them are dark. They're just very dark. And um, in um, let's see in. I'll jump to 2019. Her daddy's brother and only sibling um, got cancer. Uh-huh. And um, he was a widow also. So, you know, he was, we were like his only family. Right. He, he didn't right. have any other siblings. Their parents had died many years ago. And we were his only family. And he was living in Arkansas at the time. And um, uh, when I went to see about him, um, he had been diagnosed with kidney cancer, which had metastasized to his spine. No. And he, um, uh, I made him promise me, you know, when you get to a point where you can't take care of yourself, you, ha- I want you to come and be with us so that your family can take care of you. I, you cannot be mm-hmm. alone. And he promised me that he would do that. And um, uh, when it metastasized to his brain, he came to live with us. And that was in February of, um, actually, he came to live with us in January of 2019. And 
I knew that it was going to be hard on Elora, but I mean, I, you know what? I couldn't. You have I to could, do it. I, I couldn't make the decision not for him to come of and live with not. us. You yeah. know, and um, and she was on board. You know, she loved Uncle Mike, and she she was on board with it. But it it was hard on her. You know, her daddy died of cancer. Right. And now here, her uncle was her her last link with her daddy was in our home dying of cancer and um uh elora just couldn't cope yeah and um she died on march 27 2019 and uh, she took her own life and that that put me over the edge again. I'm sure it did. Yeah. Before all of this happened with Mike, um, I had her in and out of doctor's offices. I had her in therapy. You know, I felt like I was doing everything I could possibly that she would allow me to do to help her. But... You know, there was this huge part of me that, what have I done? You know? Sure. What, did I do everything I could to keep no. her from taking her life? You know, I will never have that answer question, that question answered this side of heaven. And um, um, I found her. As a matter of fact, she, her and my Uncle Mike and I found her. And... Um, Our, our our life changed again, and um, one of the things that I really struggled with is that I couldn't hold her, and I kept having images of her um, when I found her, and um, I, I, I couldn't function. I couldn't function. I mean, that's all I could see. I couldn't she was in my bedroom. I couldn't even go into my bedroom. My bedroom had to be remodeled. Wow. And that was another area where the church became Jesus with skin on because people just came and started taking care of everything. And, you know, I had I had friends from, from my high school friends came over and literally, I mean, from 40 years ago, <laughs> yeah. came over and, and um, you know, helped me do what I needed to do. And um, our pastoral care at our church called me um, during that first week and asked me how I was doing. And I told her, I said, I, I can't get the image of Elora out of my head. And she said, okay, I'm going to refer you to a therapist who specializes in what's called EMDR. And um, it's uh, I rapid eye movement something i don't remember exactly what it is but it's a therapy it's a it's like a new therapy that they're mm -hmm. using to treat a lot of ptsd uh, patients okay and um it's it's a process of redirecting your brain uh based on taps and it's 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 very different but it's it's effective it worked it worked for me and when i went to the therapist um she she walked me through some scenarios and and um, she gave me this device, and she said, "Okay, I want you to to think about what happened 
and how you felt about it. And uh, so she put this little device in my hand that like made pulses in my hand. Hmm. And um, uh, then she asked me, you know, what what made you so sad, and what what would you have wanted to have? What could make it different for right. you to have a different emotion? And so I shut my eyes again, and she turned on the little machine again, and the Lord just gave me this vision. And the vision he gave me was me picking my daughter up and walking to the edge of heaven and putting her in her daddy's arms. Wow. And saying, it's your turn now. I'm going back and clean up the mess. You have to deal with her now. Wow. And I started that little bit of a healing process then. And, um, you know, it, it, it hasn't, it wasn't easy. It hasn't been easy. And, uh, but when I look back now, it's January of 2021. And that was in March of 2019. And this journey of overcoming grief has been relatively short. Yes. And that, that blows my mind. I, I'm like, God, how did this, I mean, this should have been something that be five, 10 years from now. And it's not. But I believe with all my heart that God has given me a purpose. And the purpose God has given me is through Elora's artwork. And um, before, even before Elora died, probably in 2018, it was even before Mike came to live with us, um, I had started making nightlights. And my, uh, one of my best friends, uh, who's ultra crafty, I was never ultra crafty. <laughs> right. Um, but she, she started this uh, to raise money for her son was going through a really bad divorce, and it was her way of helping him raise some money. And um, I just fell in love with it because it's, <laughs> it's, all, it's, it's all about recycling. <laughs> and um, so I, you know, uh, I asked her if she would teach me how to do it, and, and she did. But basically it's taking a, um, a, a, a bottle a glass bottle, a recycled bottle, wine bottle, liquor bottle, whatever. Um, and I, I clean it, I decorate it, I decoupage it um, with napkins. All right. And uh, then I decorate it and I put um, cork lights in it. And it becomes this beautiful piece of art. Yeah. They're, they're just beautiful and people love them. And uh, so we, I went to a few markets and then when Elora died, I, I couldn't do anything. You know, I didn't, I couldn't, my, my whole craft room became this place where all the paperwork got dumped from, from tragedy yeah. and illness and death. And it's amazing when things happen like that in your life, how much a paperwork accumulates. It's just incredible because during that period of time, um, Elora died on March 19th. Two weeks later, there were many pictures that she took with our family cat, Pepper. And um, I, um, I had to put Pepper down. And that was, that was hard, you know, yeah, because absolutely. of the sentimental connection with Elora. Yeah. And, um, and then um, I, I, I've written a book, <laughs> and in it I have this timeline. But two weeks after the cat, then two weeks after that, um, 
um, Uncle Mike collapsed, and I could not take care of him. So uh, I called the VA, and they sent an ambulance out, and we got him into a nursing home. And, uh, I mean, I had people working in my bedroom while I'm putting him in an ambulance in the nurse in, to take him to the nursing home. And then um, several weeks after that, it might have been three or four weeks after that, um, and I'd taken a leave of absence from, from work. I mean, that was like I, I was able to put that on the back burner and thank God I had the time and um, sick time and that I could, you know, I could still get paid. And um, I uh, got sick with um, appendicitis. I, I've my 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 daughter, my youngest daughter, and my mother were like, "You've got to go to the doctor." And I'm like, "I don't want to go." You know, I just no. One more thing on your plate. And and finally, it got to a point. I was I was like, I don't think I can move to go. Oh no, we're taking you. So they took me. Well. My appendix was was uh, infected, so they rushed me to the hospital, and um, they're getting me all ready for surgery, and they're doing this EKG on me, and it's abnormal. Mm-hmm. Well, Irk, the brakes go on for this uh, appendectomy. I mean, literally, I'm in the what do you call it? The room before you go to surgery, pre-op. Yeah, room. pre-op. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they wheel me back to the room and. Thank God for wow. medication. <laughs> I mean, they literally put the skids on it, and they called a cardiologist. Well, in the meantime, they're asking me all kinds of questions. You know, have you had things happen? And, you know, my youngest daughter is my rock. Her name is Brielle, and she is the strongest person I know. And she just, she takes, she took over. She just she takes over everything. <laughs> She's one of these people that if you have a crisis, man, she is there and she is on it. And she's just the most amazing person. And um, I told her, I said, you're going to have to talk to him. And so he was like, well, I can't talk to her. And I'm like, and she, she, was, she said, you have to come. You have to let me talk to you. And I said, please go talk to her. I can't tell you this story. So we, Laura takes him out, I mean, uh, Brielle takes him out into the hallway and tells him everything that's happened. And, um, and he, you know, he was like, okay, well, we're going to go ahead and let her have this surgery, um, but we're going to have to do something with her heart. Well, I had the surgery. I lived through that, yay. And um, a couple of weeks after that, I'm back in the hospital for a heart ablation. Wow. <laughs> So, oh, and in the meantime, <laughs> with all of that, um, my oldest daughter has a baby, and my, da- my oldest daughter has had some real issues with drug addiction. And um, she en- ended up, the baby being taken away from her, and it was either this baby was going to go into foster care or he was going to come and be with us. And that happened right right on the heels of Mike being put in the... Wow. I mean, I, I think I'd just gotten my room decorated. I mean, this all happened like within, you know, like an eight-week period of time. Oh, wow. It, it was... 
it's indescribable. And um, so on top of this, I'm in the hospital having these surgeries, and we have this two-month-old baby. And Brielle and my mother were, you know, having to step up and do everything. And I had friends that literally came from the woodlands who, who came from Colleen and just wonderful friends that came over and took care of the house and the baby and everything while I'm having to deal with my stuff. Right. And uh, so, you know, I thank God for for, uh, for the friends that God has put in my life that literally are family. Well, l- let me ask you this. So kind of to wrap what we have here, you were able to turn these this artwork that you found from your daughter yes. into some artwork that you're able to sell, you're able to get money. Where does that money go? A portion of that money goes to an art scholarship fund that was created in Elora's memory called uh, the Elora Laird Memorial Art Scholarship. And it is uh, facilitated through the um, uh, Alvin Independent School District Education Foundation. Okay. So any monies that's given toward that and a portion of our sales, people can donate to that scholarship, um, is given to the uh, foundation. And then it's designated toward her scholarship. Okay. Um, Unfortunately, at this time, they don't have direct links set up. <laughs> it has to be like in the in the sure. memo area or something like that. But um, any monies that are donated to through the foundation is tax deductible. Right after she passed away, um, her art teacher, who was her mentor, right. uh, called me and said, Tammy, I'd really like to establish an a art scholarship fund for her in her memory. And I was like, man, that's fantastic. <laughs> And so um, I set up a Facebook and set the amount at $3,000. Well, within just a few days, we had $3,000. So I upped it to $5,000. And within just a few more days, we had that amount. And by the time we kind of brought it to a close, there was $12,000 in that account. Oh, wow. And so um, in 2020, we were actually able to give our first two scholarships out. Fantastic. And uh, they were two scholarships to two Manville High School recipients because it was being facilitated through the high school sure. at that time. And um, so that, w- that was just so unbelievably, you know, wonderful that we were able to do that. And uh, I just got an email last week from uh, the administrator at uh, the foundation saying, okay, it's time for y'all to get your ducks in a row because we've got kids that are applying for scholarships and y'all are going to have to sort through them. And we have a committee um, that chooses uh, students. And uh, this year we're going to give two to two more Manville uh, um, students. And as the scholarship grows, our vision is to be able to give a scholarship to uh, at least one student out of every AISD high school. Which is a lot. Which yeah. is growing. <laughs> yeah. It's still, growing. Still growing today, yeah. <laughs> um, but that, that was, I used Nightlight money to do that. And then as we were going to different markets, um, our little pop-up tent markets selling Nightlights, I had several people ask me because we would tell them, you know, uh, this money's going to this art scholarship, right. and I'd share a little bit of Laura's story, and I would share her what her some of her artwork looked like. And I had people ask me, why aren't you selling her artwork? Well, at the time, I couldn't even go through her artwork. And 
Yeah. Something that's very tragic is that we can't find any of her original artwork. Oh, wow. And I can't find her camera. So I don't know what she did with it. I don't know if she burned it, if she oh threw it goodness. away. We can't, we don't, we, it's gone. It's gone. But she had a little flash drive in her wallet, in her backpack that I found, and it had all of her sketches on it. It had all of her photography on it. I mean, there are like thousands of images on this thumb drive. Wow. So she left that footprint behind. Yeah. And I'm, I thank God for that. But it was a long time before I could go through those pictures, you know. Sure. And, yeah. and not only that, but there were also journal writings in there. And I was, I haven't read her journal writings. I, I've read one. And I could, I, I don't know when I'll ever be able to do that. I, I can imagine that would be tough to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, but when I was able to start going through her photography and see what she did, I mean, image that she took out of a tree branch and made it look like deer antlers. And it's, it's just phenomenal what she's done with some of her artwork. And she did a lot of mirror image type artwork or, you know, she was, she was a master at Photoshop. Um, I have Photoshop on my computer just because <laughs> I had to embed her uh, signature onto sure. her work. Oh, sure. And the only way I could do that was to get that. And, right. oh, my gosh, that is so intimidating. <laughs> so I only know, like, maybe a, a one point. Of, a, a fraction of a what fraction you need to know. Right? Of what yeah. of what she could do. Um. So we started selling her artwork, and I really felt like the Lord had put on my heart, I, I want you to tell people about her story and just bring some awareness to mental illness. And that's what we've done. And the Lord has really put a whole new purpose in my heart because I got to this 2021 and realized my heart is whole. Yeah. My heart has been healed. When did that happen? And um, I started a, um, a, it's called a wisdom challenge, and uh, but it's it's this group that is uh, doing a, a walk through Proverbs. And so since January first, I've been doing this walk through Proverbs on uh, this Facebook group. And during this first few days, um, one of the guys that was on there said um, through this. Proverbs walk, God's going to tell you to do something. I'm like, okay. I'll start listening. I'll start listening. <laughs> well, day nine, you did. Wow. <laughs> and I, I, day nine was on Saturday, and I, I got up Sunday morning, and it was like he just birthed this in, in me. I got up Sunday morning. Uh, it was 6 a.m. I went in. I made coffee, got my coffee, went and sat down at my computer, and I just started typing, and I got up a few times to, you know, refresh myself, and I'd sit back down on my computer, and I put the period on the last word at 1047 that night. Wow. And it's not a long book, but God just birthed this book out of my heart, and I feel like he wants me to share my journey of overcoming grief by having a purpose. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
we have to have a purpose. God has a purpose through everything. I mean, you know, he wrote eight, Romans 8, 28. Everything, you know, works for the good of those who love him and are working according to his purposes. But um, he's brought this horrible, tragic year, 2019, and the tragedy of my daughter, and he's, he's birthed something joyful out of it. And where she found peace and joy through her artwork, I'm finding peace and joy through her artwork. And her vision was always to sell her artwork, and that's how she wanted to make her living. And she just she couldn't get all of her ducks in a row to, yeah. to do that. And so we're doing that. Right. We're doing it for her. And um, I, I, just, <laughs> I just got an email this morning um, from uh, our pastoral care um, person at our church. And she said, Tammy, I want you to pray for me. I need a facilitator for our grief group. Well, she had emailed me last week and said, oh, no, it was week before last, and asked me um, if I wanted to be a part of the, the grief share group again because when I started it before last year, COVID hit, right. and, and we couldn't continue. And I emailed her back, and I said, no, thank you. You know, I really don't want to be part of the um, oh, virtual. Yeah. It was a virtual group. I said, you know, I'm really not interested in the virtual group. Well, <laughs> the Lord just very clearly said, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I do want you to be part of that group, not for yourself, but to help others. And so I just, I just, you know, I, I never did email her back and say, oh, I changed my mind until this email this morning. And I was like, oh, Lord, you want me to be her co-facilitator, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to happen. Well, so if somebody wants to see some of her artwork, they can go to Facebook.com, Elora Art. Uh, Elora Laird, Laird Art. Art. So it's E L O R A L A I R D A R T. Right. Correct. That's correct. And then Night Lights by Tammy is Night Lights by Tammy. T A M M I E. Uh, e. That's <laughs> exactly. right. Yeah. That's right. right. And uh, so, yep, that's that's where I'm marketing them, and I post on there the uh, markets that we're going to because we uh, we're we're kind of all over the place. And I'm excited about that because we get to talk to a lot of people and have been, had the opportunity to pray with a lot of people that have lost someone to, um, to suicide. And um, I don't know where God's going to take us this year, 2021, but at the end of the last year, I actually quit my job at Alvin Community College oh, yeah. right. and to do this full-time. Nice. Yeah, that's good. So if somebody wants to contribute to the foundation how do they go about doing that um they can go to the alvin independent school uh independent school district uh education foundation website and there's also a link on the aisd page all right uh, home page uh, that would take them to the foundation and then there's a tab at the top that says give or giving and you click on that and it takes you to i uh, believe it's a paypal okay um and then, but you have to designate which sure. what scholarship you want to yeah. uh, contribute to, and uh, and then, they just put her name. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah, fantastic. They know where to make the money go. Absolutely. One, well, so we really appreciate you being on the show and and sharing such a difficult story for sharing a difficult story. And then, like I mentioned earlier, I really appreciate 
reality of the situation that, that you took something so difficult that a lot of people would not come back from and you've turned it around into something that spreads awareness that, that helps students. I, I know I have an art student at home that loves that kind of stuff. And, and so to be able to, to provide for students is an amazing thing. And, and I just continue to see you having obstacles placed in front of you, overcoming them and giving God the glory. And I, there's a lot of people that overcome obstacles and don't necessarily do that. And I, I just really appreciate you taking the time to come and sit down with us to discuss, like Dorian said, such a, a difficult topic, but then also how you were able to turn around and use that in order to raise awareness of a very difficult subject. So thank you very much for coming on. We really appreciate it. You're welcome, and I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, give our give our best to Brielle as well, because it sounds like she's a very strong young lady. And my mama too, but Brielle's amazing. Fantastic. Well, again, thanks for coming out, Tammy. Thank you for tuning in. Creating Community is available on Apple, Google, Spotify, or whatever podcast app you use. You can also listen directly from our website. We would really appreciate your support by sharing our podcast with your friends and family. This podcast is produced by 1820 Marketing. For show notes, visit 1820coffeehouse.com slash podcast.